Hello, beautiful people. Welcome back to your God's Love podcast. I am Haley Helveston. This podcast is all about holistic health, sacred sexuality, and spirituality. I have Dr. Trump, Tommy John, and he is a chiropractor, performance, and healing specialist. Welcome. Thank you very much. I appreciate the opportunity. <laughs> yes, definitely. <laughs> I love what you're doing, and I really... Y'all, we are both on various summer missions in terms of self-empowerment, so welcome. Yeah, this is great. This is great. It coincides well. <laughs> yes, definitely. Okay, so tell everybody, like, what are you into? What is your mission? Yeah, so that, that's basically it, right? I've been doing this for just over 20 years, and I started at first with, oh, the mindset of, I can fix you. You know what I mean? That whole thing. And then I was like, wait, am I really fixing anything? And wait a second what is the symptomatology of language of the body? And wow, symptoms are actually kind of brilliant messengers and guides and holy crap, that's signs of healing. And wait a second, we're getting in the way of healing when we do these traditional methods of, of rehabilitation or nutritional approach, like really anything, any kind of improvement, we were getting in the way of naturally what was trying to occur from the intelligence in our body. And then I've come to the point to where I am now and I admittedly know nothing because <laughs> I, I truly don't know anything. I, I'm, I'm literally just trying to give power, facilitate and suggest to people what they can do for themselves to take back this regenerative capacity, to take back this sovereignty, to take back this right, this freedom that they have within themselves to really heal. And in so doing, becoming you know, improving the globe. And that's basically my, my thing, my job. And it's like, am I a chiropractor? Am I a trainer? Am I a rehab? I'm just a human trying to help other, facilitate other humans. That's it. Mm, yes, I love that. Yeah, because I, I love how you're talking about that because a lot of people now are into the I'm not your guru thing. And I love that yeah. because it's almost like people get addicted to their coach, <laughs> right? Yes. And it's like, oh my God, I guess I'll have this coach for the rest of my life or this therapist or whatever, you know? Like when I was seeing a therapist, I saw him for years. And then it got to the point where I was like, um, maybe I should figure out something else. And then that's when I dove head first into coaching. But I think that I love that you're all about power of the people. And that's it. You, you said it right there. There's a lot of us who have had this, who have leveled up through 2020 and they're leaving the, the and there's some heavy duty doctors that are friends of mine. They're like, just everyone's looking to me to, for the answer. And I, I'm really stepping down and trying to promote community and trying to promote self-sovereignty where, you know, but then the, the whole thing is like, I'm not your guru is going to be the thing. Do you know what I mean? And it's not oh, even, yeah. it's just like, just, just keep it as it doesn't, who cares? <laughs> and you have that realization on your own, but it is very much under the guise in the holistic world. There is this, I only do things that you can get in this building with me. And that's very deceptive. So when I hear that, I'm like, wow, it's, it's like a red flag to me right away because I'm just so sensitive to it. Having gone this self-discovery of myself, like who am I in practice and who do I absolutely not want to be? Who am I? The better version of me for my patients is when I just hold space for them and, and then suggest and, and hear. And they also know Haley and you're the same way. Anytime I'm having issues or I'm healing with something or I'm going through something, I share it. And they'll always be like, you? And I'm like, well, yeah, 
I, I have downs and ups and I cry and I hurt and there's this symptoms and I have, and I'll share it. And they're like, how's it going? Or what are you doing for it? Same stuff I suggest to you or the same sources that I'm telling you. Same thing, just different interpretation, perception of it. And it helps because then that's where the community is. And it's almost like as coaches or, or health oriented people, we, we really like the ones that get people to not need them, those are the best coaches or the doctors. Do you know what I mean? And that's, that's where I'm kind of trying to stick. Like I'm trying to set people up so they don't need me. It's the worst business model maybe, but it might be the best business model because then they refer like crazy and we get these people that we're trying to empower. And then it's a better society, community, everything else. Mm, I love that. Yeah, because that's like with the, I don't know if I told you the story. I mentioned this before on the podcast, but I'll say it again where I was at my car, uh, psychologist, no, psychiatrist office. Yeah. And um, I was having all these bad side effects of an, an uh, antidepressant I was taking. Yeah. And she said, oh, don't worry about it. We can just put you on a, another pill. And at the time I was like, I'm already on three. Like, I'm, already, I'm already doing all this stuff. Oh, you want me to take another one? And so it's, it's kind of the opposite of that, which is great. I love what you're doing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And my brother, I, my brother was in that world and I, I trained his psychiatrist as a personal, like a, a performance coach. So I had him for like two and a half, three years. And I got to try to find where that logic he was coming from. And there, it, it was very interesting, that side of things. Um, but it, that's it. It's, it's, it, this didn't work. Do the next one. It's a Russian roulette with medication. It's very, very interesting. Yeah, it seems like that's very common with a lot of people. Yeah. So yeah. what about in terms of holistic health? I know we talked about this last time, but obviously since, you know. Do people know that it got erased? <laughs> that this no, is part don't. two? Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're like, wait, like, wait, you guys talked already? <laughs> <laughs> no money. Um, this is like round one and two, basically. <laughs> right. But um, yeah, so we were really going for it, y'all, and basically didn't save. So this is what we're doing. But, um, you know, last time I loved how you talked about the fact that a happy donut is better than a oh, salad. Yeah. Go into that. So that's come up a lot. And people will, I posted the other day, I was standing doing the sun. I stare, first thing in the morning, if the sun's out, I'll stare at the sun through my eyelids, unless it's a sunrise. And then I'll stare directly at it. But like 20, 30 minutes. Well, this was Sunday. I had two donuts and some coffee while staring at the sun. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to film it and share it. And I made that comment. And I've said this many times to some nutrition people when I was on Weston A. Price podcast. And I started to look at, there's so many different diet styles and there's so many different ways that people are telling us we need to eat and you need to eat this way and you need to eat. And I'm like, that just can't be, we weren't born with this peculiarity. Like it just can't be like that. And, and I just started to look and some of the people that that struggle the most are in these unsustainable eating approaches. And it just makes stress and negative emotion around this thing that should be, I mean, you, we just did a live, everything was about sensuality. Food came up, like mm -hmm. food should be very sensual and, and it should be something that's almost spiritual. You take it in and you're feeling your mouth water and how it like swells and your body and the taste and the smells. I mean, it is like sensuality through food, but that's not the case. Kind of like with sex is stigmatized, you know what I mean? As this negative, shameful thing. Um, and so I, I started to look around and, and inquiring with a lot of people and it turns out our emotions attached to food are more powerful, good or bad, than the actual ingredients. 
And so when you look at it, like when I'm eating a donut, someone's like, oh, they made a comment. For instance, this is exactly where we're coming from. Somebody made a comment on my video when I was eating donuts, staring at the sun. Oh, happy donuts. So are you picturing that it's a salad? No, no wonder it works for you. And I'm like, no, I'm picturing that it's a donut and I'm, I'm really celebrating that it's a donut and I didn't even make it. It's like a store-bought donut. <laughs> and they're just like, well, how do you sugar demonize it? And I'm like, no, you've totally missed the point. Like this isn't, if I was going to eat them more regularly, I'd make them from scratch and I would really enjoy them. I kind of just like them every now and then, but they don't get that that there's no good foods or bad foods. There's your emotional state and your intention behind it. And I just interviewed Dr. Dawson Church, who's big into his sciences and epigenetics. And he confirmed through science and his research, your intention and your belief behind an action. So Haley, if we have all these things we do in our lives that are health related, our belief and intent behind it is what carries the most impact in our bodies. So, we have people, let's go to the sad salad part. They're miserable eating vegetables or they're miserable eating raw or they're miserable eating this broth. And they're like, they're not celebrating food. And then that gets imprinted on their code. That, that emotional, it's almost like a trauma. Now all of a sudden, then even that smell, that taste triggers another negative and another. And it's like, wow, you're creating these little injuries through food. And that's why I post when I eat pizza or I post when I eat donuts or I post because I'm not ashamed of it. I, I'm, I'm showing everyone that literally it's your emotions celebrating the tastes of life and celebrating foods. Now, I make most of my foods, but when I don't, it's okay. Here's this. Check this out. Um, there's even stories of the belief being so strong. Now, this is more in like some of the real aggressive church communities, religion communities, but where the preacher would drink strychnine. He would drink because, and he could digest strychnine. That like shouldn't be possible, but the belief of that individual was so strong, he could actually digest or she could digest it and it wouldn't cause a problem. So our beliefs and our emotions are so much stronger than the actual ingredients to food. And we start, we need to start celebrating food. Wow. I'm so glad you brought this up though, because that is, that is so, of course, connects to directly to sex. Right. Yeah. Interesting, so right? And, yes. and isn't food used in sexual, like, isn't there yeah. Aphrodite-like type cuisine? And that's kind of the priming of it, right? I mean, it's not, mm -hmm. it's not surprising that tastes. I mean, it, and the way Dr. Saida talked about it, it's like you have a dominant scent. There's, there's visual and there's auditory and I'm auditory, like to the max. There's mm -hmm. scent, and then there's taste, and then there's feel. There's all these things that you're sensing your reality, and I, that, that's interesting. So I wonder how many people, and you could maybe do this in your coaching, see the ones who have a negative relationship with food, how does that correlate to their relationship with themselves sexually or sensually with their freedoms there? That'd be an interesting mm -hmm. thing to see if they go hand in hand. And could you improve sensuality if you improved your relationship with nourishment, you know? I don't know. Yeah, you bring up such a great point, though, because I had a call earlier today with a woman, and she was talking about how her, it's so interesting, I deal with this too, the religious programming upbringing, how it affects you later on sexually, especially for women. Because sex is bad, right? Unless yeah, you're- Yeah, shame, because the woman was saying sin. earlier today, yeah. She was it's like, I'm married now, and I thought it'd be great. It's not. <laughs> I was like, uh, yeah. yeah, you and 50 million other people. And right. so basically she was saying, 
that she didn't know anything. And then she assumed, oh, I have a ring on my finger. It's supposed to be incredible. It's not. No. And then now she's dealing with all these beliefs around, you know, the religious upbringing and all the shame and guilt and, you know, masturbation and all this stuff. Yeah. So yeah. It's like, if you never work through those beliefs, you will continue to believe that and never establish what do you believe sexually. Sure. Sure. Did you know, uh, Dr. Northrup, I'm, I, so I, I self pleasure all the time and I'm on, I'm on a hiatus where I'm discovering certain things now, but she said, even the word masturbation means self defilement. Oh, and yeah, I was like, right. I, know. I, mainly I was like, Oh wow, I'm going to call it something else. Like, what should I, you know? And, and I don't know, but I'm, I'm holding off on release and I'm going to see, I just haven't felt I'm, I'm very intuitively driven Haley. You, <laughs> you, I've said this and right now I'm feeling not that like not to release i want to feel feel i want to feel good but not on release so i don't know what's going on but i'm going down this road i just interviewed three people i'm talking to you right now <laughs> we're gonna do a live like this isn't random that it's all happening at this moment so oh yeah no i totally believe in all that too like the fact yeah. that that got earlier today too is right and right. um you know a lot of guys in my industry do semen retention and it's very interesting because that guy earlier, like I'm going to send you his picture after this call, but y'all, his skin was like amazing. I'm doing semen retention. What'd you call it? Semen retention. Semen retention. Got it. Because it is light. Like we're releasing our life light, right? Yes, we men are. Yeah. Yeah. Cause yeah. you can tell, like I can tell now that I've been in this industry for a long time. Sure. You can tell by like, uh, now who knows, maybe this is just me being, cognizant. I got you, you know, no, no, you're good. but like a lot of, when I meet a guy and I know he's like been ejaculating a lot, I can yep. tell because he looks older. Interesting. But then the guys that don't, they look younger and their aura is brighter. That's interesting. I would, I mean, it makes sense, right? Like all that lines up. So I'm about to be bright as hell. So get ready. And <laughs> you're like, oh, I'm shining. <laughs> Spa. <laughs> I'm blowing. Right. Uh, okay. So also what I want to bring up too is the, the difference between coffee enema and water enemas. Yeah. And that actually came up because Daniela Garcia, who closed that, that the live tonight, she does it every day or she's doing every, one every day um, for a month. Kelly Brogan does them every day for a month and she's big on that with her. So coffee enema, um, the, and you asked me this last time and I love that I don't know because I just know like the nutrients and the ingredients in coffee in a good coffee, there's certain like green blends. It's a real hard bean as I understand and you can't use a grinder on it. Like it's a special bean to use. And I haven't done that. I've just gone with like dark roast organic and just done it um, because that's how I roll. That's how I experience stuff. But um, the liver and the bile are cleansed because what they do when coffee is introduced to the colon is it causes a contraction and a cleaning of the liver and the bile as well as now what i noticed is when i do so i'll do the last one i did was a whole bucket it was like 42 ounces um this was on sunday of this last week and the number of times i peed afterwards because you absorb it you absorb it through your colon like that and something that i did as well is i did salt water flush after it but the there's something with the coffee that creates the liver response that's 
enemas are great. People are doing distilled water enemas and all that. Um, but I did a salt water flush at the end and I absorbed a lot of water. And I mean, I was peeing as if I guzzled and I didn't drink anything that morning. So it was very interesting how much I absorbed. Um, which it's interesting, like when we absorb nutrients that way from our food and then whatever's left is just the feces, right? Like we just know that. So mm -hmm. coffee enemas, some people are doing them every morning for 30 days, then they'll take a break. Some people will go in different protocols of Gearson therapy and they're going tense if you're treating certain cancers. All I'm trying to suggest to people, don't do what I do. Just go research what I do and see, see what speaks to you. Go, go dig for the information see what a coffee enema there's risks there's go down all of it look at all of it get informed consent on your own research it see if it's something you want to do daniella does it every morning kelly brogan does it every morning on sundays i'll do it in the morning and it's this nice peaceful you're very aware of your of your pelvic floor even higher up and you you coach on all that like mm -hmm. like you're very aware of the most intimate deep deep ends of you during this this moment um it and it can be sensual too you know it's a feeling there's pressure down there you know um and that's something that's very uh and again sensual is is sensuality uh, according to dr Aya. i never saw that i've never heard it put this way it's sensing reality oh yeah and yeah, i was like that makes, that, that makes total sense because we always yeah. think like sensuality sex and i'm like well wait wait sensuality you're sensing your reality holy crap so the sun on my skin could be sensual you know a breath um uh, an animal of some kind like connecting with an animal like anything is just sensing your reality i, I thought it was fantastic so yeah and that's wow you know and why i brought that up too i know people probably think that wow that is so random but it's yeah. why i brought that up is because i've done colonics Nice. And so I think that I've, I've never done an enema before. before but yeah, I, stays on the lower end, right? I put so much in and I'll invert myself in like a bridge and we'll like feel it and we'll massage. That's another thing. Like I'll massage the cecum, the transverse, you know, uh, uh, the ascend or descending colon and then or, or large intestine and the transverse and, the, and I'll like move it around and I'll feel it go to those areas. Now, a colonic is way more it's a little more gravity based there's a lot more fluid um practitioner you know taking you through it but um i'll do so much in the enema that it will go to those lengths that but not as powerful though i i, I recommend both i've done both i think oh, they're fantastic it, yeah. yeah i think they're fantastic yeah yeah my first time i was like whoa yeah right i know i know <laughs> it's good though i think we should experience it and it's been used it's, it's been used forever. I love those like old school techniques. There's a reason those people knew stuff, mm -hmm. you know, and I just like bringing that to the forefront. Cause I think when we eliminate some of the principles that they used back then to advance us from a technological side, I think we, we dehumanize us to a tech techno, you know, technocratic. And I just think we're losing the humanity side of things. So mm, I so agree with you on that. Yeah. 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 And think about it. That's like the power of, um, I read this book and he was talking about the power of fasting. It's the same thing. Mm -hmm. Or the same thing with the power of sex. I mean, we, you were talking about earlier is like, you know, our society losing connection, losing intimacy. Well, you can't get more intimate than sex. Right. 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 I know. And they just, those three ladies that I just had on, they were like, okay,
Your freedoms are being threatened. You're terrified by what's going on around in the world. No better time than to free your soul than to get acquainted with yourself, self-pleasure, learning about self, learning about, and you will then become this uh, empowered, uh, confident, you know, divine, like even masculine, right? Like mm -hmm. everyone will come into themselves yeah. and you will be hard to take down. You will be hard to manipulate. You'll be hard to be coerced. Like, holy crap, let's go. Like, that's why they created all the stigma around it because they didn't want us to have that power. You know, like they took it out of us in the schools, in the, in the churches, in the, mm -hmm. that's uh, an, un, what did Kelly Brogan say? She said, an unemancipated man is a, is an easily controllable human. And that's the thing. So emancipating sexual, sensual, everything, freedom, everything it is to be a human being. Can you experience sex? Free it. That, let's go. Can you experience taste, food, sound, touch? Yeah. Then go do that. That's your sovereignty. And I love it. Mm, yes. I love that. Yeah. Cause it all goes back to what you're saying about the whole beliefs too. Like if you have a belief that, you know, there's so many beliefs that people have told me like sex is a chore or, um, oh my, God. my husband should know my needs or, um, yeah. who has time to sell pleasure. You know, there's all these beliefs going around around sexuality or even food, what you were saying earlier. Right. Um, it's just going to go straight to every cell in your body. Agree. So where do you want to leave everybody from this conversation? <laughs> so I think it keeps coming back. Like whether it's, it's your arena, which is, you know, uh, reclaiming sensuality, right? Reclaiming the sexual uh, uh, divine inside of you. Or on my end of things, just kind of connecting everything from the belief you have to the purpose you have, to your relationships, to your sleep, to your meditation and prayer or breath to outdoor exposure to nourishment to movement it doesn't matter what all that is like you working on those things and becoming aware of those things is the way you we survive whatever your interpretation is of what's going on around you if if it's a germ uh germ theory and there's a virus you want to put yourself in the best position work on what Haley's talking about, work on what I talked about. Like, like put yourself in a position to be more resilient to anything out there. If you think there's a little more going on, same thing. Like it doesn't matter. This is a human conversation for all humans globally. And we can right now, you know, for the people that are like either wanting one side, like the greatest protest expression is the healthiest version of yourself. I thought that was just fantastic. Sayer G said that and I never, I'll never forget it. It was like, wow, this is it. And this is kind of what's at stake. Our health and medical freedoms are coming down. Like, wait, if we give up those, we lose the ability to, to be able to pleasure and connect with these things, connect with each other um, and express through each other, human to human, you know? So that's why I think like taking it at home, there's an empowered, that's the whole point, right? You, me, like, it was trying to facilitate and empower some people to realize that they're not lacking everything they've got to be the best version of themselves and to really heal from anything is inside them. And, and that's uh, something we got to take back. Mm, yes. I love that. Where can everybody find you? Um, so San Diego, California, just kidding. Uh, drtommyjohn.com. Yeah. So doc, drtommyjohn.com is my website. Uh, all my social media through there. There's a podcast, the Dr. Tommy John podcast. Um, and we just started a nonprofit 
uh, we're going live at the end of the month. Alex Zek, Ali Zek, Dr. Joe Yi, myself, and we've got like 16 other members. It's Health Freedom for Humanity. Um, we dropped the first podcast this Friday with Dr. Tom Cowan, but uh, we'll have an Instagram page and everything else. But check it out because we got, uh, we're defending your medical and health freedom with, with our lives, really, because this is a hill we'll die on. So there's a lot of passion and a lot of purpose has gotten uh, reinvigorated in us. And so check that out. Reach out to me. If anybody has questions, Haley knows. If you DM me, I will get back to you. <laughs> it, it's the thing. Like, it's how we communicate. And keep connecting with each other. And just stop, don't stop sharing. Don't stop connecting. Use the social media platform for what it, it can be used for. And that's connecting globally. So, yes, definitely love that. Yeah. Thanks so much for joining us. Y'all be sure to like, share, subscribe to the podcast. I would love to hear your feedback. You can DM us on Instagram and write a review on iTunes. And I will talk with you later. Bye.